The Spanish Announce Table. It is episode 311. Like 311? Remember that band? Uh, <laughs> uh, episode 311 of The Spanish Announce Table. We talk about pro wrestling and it was a doozy of a week for pro wrestling for a myriad of factors uh tom how are you before we get into all of that doing okay man i tell you what we're uh just coming off of the thanksgiving week uh that was uh getting back into the swing of things because as i mentioned i was on a long vacation from work so still getting uh, my bearings and all of uh, the emails caught up and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, just kind of getting back into that mode where I'm working and getting into a routine, but knowing in a couple weeks that it gets all screwed up again because of Christmas. This is the weirdest time in the calendar, right? After Thanksgiving, yeah. before Christmas. I don't think anyone knows exactly what day it is. And that's how I feel. Well, especially when you deal with something that, I mean, you may not be project based but you're dealing with things that are in various stages of like a project life cycle mm -hmm. and just it's hard when you have like you said okay we're off for a week okay hey we're on for two weeks and a half and then we're off for another week yeah. then we come back for three days and we're off yeah the american holidays are not spread out well well it's just odd because you can't really get a good routine towards the end of the year because one you don't know what your schedule is due to you know maybe vacation days things like that and then also when you work with clients you don't know their schedule their schedule could be off from your schedule it could be that we're not all doing the uh, same monday tuesday wednesday off from work kind of thing so yeah it's just kind of that weird time of the year um but yeah overall doing okay how about you man i like a college you know shirt Yes, I had a job interview with a great company today, um, yeah, so we'll see how well that goes. Um, and uh, it, speaking of uh, you know needing money, if you if, uh, we need money right here at the Spanish Announce Table, please uh, hit us up SpanishAnnounceTable.net. There's a donate link. Uh, we also uh, can provide some services for you. We do some media production and voices. If you need some professional voices, hit us up. Uh, aside from that, we also may want to extend uh, uh, if you need a friend. Uh, uh, I, I try to put up a calendar so that we could book and folks could book our services to watch wrestling with them and hang out, crack jokes, have time. Uh, turns out the website we pay for, the free calendar tool, not as free as they yeah. led me to believe. So pause on that. But if you're interested in the, in the interim, uh, hit us up, tableshow at gmail.com. Uh, we can discuss rates and whatnot, and we can go from there, right? We can, we can, well, we can... and also, uh, on yeah. top of that, if you just have a long-form question or story uh, or idea, send it to tableshow at gmail.com, and we'd be glad to read that on air. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, past stories included, I believe it was an uncle or a father doing cocaine with, uh, oddly enough, uh, Rowdy Piper. <laughs> yes, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. By the way, check out this uh, Piper's Pit uh, upgrade that they've done here. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm here hanging out in Piper's Pit, and you'll see this painting right here. Uh, this friend of the done show. By a friend of the show, Rob Schamberger. Check him out, robschamberger.com. Uh, that's S E H Hamburger. Anyway. Tom, you asked how I was doing. I'm doing well. Haven't gotten anything too crazy. Trying to work, trying to avoid the COVID, like the like the COVID, mm -hmm. and uh, just watching wrestling. Been 
hammered with the wrestling. A lot to get into, man. Oh, I tell you what. Yeah, and let's just kick it off with a bit of sad news so then we can get back into the fun silliness of what really pro wrestling is. Uh, but before we do that, as I mentioned, there was some pretty monumental news. Uh, the passing of one of the icons in pro wrestling, Pat Patterson, the first Intercontinental uh, champion. He was also the godfather to the Royal Rumble match, the right-hand man for Vince McMahon throughout most of his life. Uh, also contributed on screen towards the latter part of his uh, career as one of the Stooges with Gerald Briscoe. Uh, Pat Patterson, unfortunately, has passed away. Uh, but, Tim, what do you think of Pat Patterson? What comes to mind? Uh, what comes to mind instantly is that from what we know now, so many years removed via like the Bruce Pritchard podcast, all the documentaries, the WWE Network, is that who passed is probably one of the top five most influential people in pro wrestling history. Um, if we're going to say Vince McMahon is the most influential person in pro wrestling history from who can influence the business, right? I mean, I think mm -hmm. that's probably an easy number one with a bullet. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to come up with too many names outside of Patterson that weren't McMahon or maybe a Jarrett name. You know what I mean? Like, And those are probably falling short of Patterson. It, Patterson, from what we know, it was there every step of the way, was in that short list of people that were in the car rides and was one of the few that was never let go. You know right. what I mean? Like Pritchard mm -hmm. was let go. I think Briscoe took some time off. But Patterson has been there from the beginning. When you talk about loyal WWE folks, and we did recently with Undertaker, and everybody talked about his loyalty, Patterson would call him a kid. Like mm -hmm. it's 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 right. insane. And then everybody, to a T that we've ever heard talk about the industry when they talk about making matches and, and the creative aspect of the in-ring match, they will tell you Pat Patterson was the guy who came up with the best endings that they always consulted Patterson when it was like, this is the match. This is main. Like we need something. They would run it by and he would always fix it always. Mm. So that's interesting. Um, and just, uh, just, I mean, look, there's good and bad stories that you may hear of Patterson, right? I mean, there's, you know, I mean, he's got, questionable things in his past as everybody does from that time frame but uh two one you always heard mostly nice things about that guy oh yeah um super well, and influential it, just and you, you saw know. it in the outpouring of um remembrance in different types of tweets or instagram posts from uh the rock to kurt angle triple h vince mcmahon himself sent out a tweet uh so that just shows you the type of monumental figures in the industry that looked up to him uh, or at least held him in high regard uh, throughout his career. So, yeah, I, it was very sad to hear. Uh, I, I also thought Played it was the a Royal Rumble. Right. And that's what that's what I was thinking of, where uh, it's, it's a little bit bittersweet uh, because we're coming up. You know, obviously the next yeah. pay-per-view is going to be TLC. But in January, that starts the WrestleMania season and the Royal Rumble is his creation. Uh, and I know they already have plans, so they were planning it. I don't know how involved he was, um, but it was it, it was somewhat. I think this January is going to be bittersweet to see the Royal Rumble without Pat Patterson, at least having his fingerprints or input uh, into that match. Uh, also, side note: last year he became the oldest champion in WWE history when he won the twenty four seven championship. He's the oldest champion in wrestling history or wwe wrestling history um 
another thing that comes to mind, and this is morbid in a couple ways. It's a twofold conversation. One, somebody who's probably hit the hardest is Vince McMahon, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is one of his best friends, mm-hmm. coworkers, yeah. partners in 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 what he would do for the day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if you talk about cl- people closest to Vince McMahon, he might have spent more time with Patterson than anybody in his family. In fact, he pr- I'm, I'm going to assume he did. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's probably... I can't imagine the pain, right? Uh, and we have to start thinking about, in that regard, what's this going to mean for the pro wrestling industry and also that, like, McMahon's a similar age. Mm-hmm. Or older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, McMahon is not... I, I, I don't want to sound like, hey, everybody, let's talk about McMahon's going to die soon, but, like, McMahon is going to die soon, right? Yeah. Like, we're yeah, not going to yeah. be here in five to ten years, maybe five, mm-hmm. maybe not, but, like... We are in for some dramatic changes. Like when we talk about the end of an era, like this to me is signaling like the oh yeah. shit. Yeah, I agree. Oh, this is the wow. this is one of the first. Okay, so now we're having to get new voices in the room. You know, I don't think he was full time, so I think other people have been getting into those sure. rooms with their input. But still, we're in the it gray is, area, right? But yeah, exactly. We're in that weird area where you can't go to Patterson and say like, "Oh man, I have ninety percent of this match just done in a hundred. Like, it's going to be awesome. I just need to get to a hundred percent." Okay, let me get to Patterson. I'll call him if he was backstage. I'll go backstage now. Unfortunately, we can't. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to bring up about Pat Patterson that I feel has to be uh, talked about is he was also backstage the first openly gay pro wrestler so in a time period when obviously that was not necessarily the coolest thing to say uh he had to go through his trials and tribulations to get respect in the locker can you imagine what he had to go through and what he had to do to earn the respect because from Mm -hmm. what we hear from the stories it was understood and it was told the newbies hey he's this and you're gonna be fucking cool with it because we're fucking yeah. cool with it. So what he had to do to get that tone set, I can't imagine. I right. can't imagine how many people he had to kick the shit out of. Mm-hmm. I, and that's sad, right? From you know everything we know nowadays and the empathy that we you know our society has grown into. But like, that's amazing. And that goes under the radar. I mean, I know Darren Young had a lot of hoopla around him mm-hmm. because. And Pat Patterson didn't publicly on camera ever say that until Legends House, right? Yeah. But it Legends was the House, secret yeah. that ever, so it was weird on Legends House because all of those people already knew that, and it probably had direct conversations with him about it. Mm-hmm. So, and none of them are good actors, so that was weird, right? Yeah. So, um, but for him to you know to be open in his friend group and like employees, employers, uh, in that time, like you said, coming from. 60s, 70s, 80s is unfathomable to me. Like I can't imagine the 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 hardships, the trials, the tribulations, as you said, which they're always together, right? Trials, tribulations, mm-hmm. always, never, <laughs> always never together. by themselves. Yeah. Yep, I can't imagine. I can't. the The life Pat Patterson lived is unlike anyone else's, and I, I only wish we would have had a Pat Patterson podcast, a book, a something. And well, there like, is a that book. That is you a can't... lost opportunity. There is a book, right? There is a book, yeah. so you can pick up the book. But yeah, the spoken word uh, is definitely, at least in our opinions, preferred. So it would have been great to hear from him in a podcast form. Maybe there was something done beforehand that hasn't been released that maybe we'll, we'll get to. Who knows? Interviews. That's speculation, right? Yeah. Um, but it was, it was also... 
uh, as we transition out of the Pat Patterson unfortunate news. Uh, it was also really great to see both NXT and AEW pay the respects to Pat Patterson. You had uh, an homage to uh, Pat Patterson and the John Moxley uh, interview before his main event match where he said, we're going to make him go banana, which was a phrase that Pat Patterson would say. Obviously, NXT kicked off with a moment of silence for Pat Patterson. So it was great to see that on the drop of a hat, they both were going to make time to honor Pat Patterson. Yes. That NXT video was awesome. The little touch of them starting with the song that he always liked to sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Frank was, Sinatra. Again, that showed the like emotional touch. The videos they put up for a dead wrestler that was still an important part are those video montages, but that one had the, like, you knew that guy was family, right? Yeah. This guy wasn't, like, valued employee, meant something to the industry. This was, they lost a brother, they lost a father, they lost mm-hmm. an uncle. Yeah, that one's going to be hard hit. Um, but, yes, AEW, in, in a heated battle, I mean, we're not saying this is an all-out war between these companies, but, like, a they're not buddies, Right, our AEW and WWE, and they both managed to, you know, kind of play nice and, and give the proper reverence to the man that, you know. Yeah. Well, and there's also close friends of Pat Patterson that work for AEW. You have a Jim Ross. You have uh, people that were there, like a Miro, who was Rusev in WWE. Uh, you had Chris Jericho. You know, there Jericho. were pe- John Moxley, as I mentioned. So there were people there who knew Pat Patterson personally. So obviously, it was good that uh, Tony Khan and leadership gave them the opportunity to acknowledge him. So uh, let's transition now into the AEW Dynamite that was last night. Uh, for new listeners, uh, we do a recap of pro wrestling, but we dig a little bit deeper into AEW Dynamite. That is currently our favorite pro wrestling show. Uh, things could change. We could do a transition into NXT. Uh, but for the time being, uh, AEW is our flagship program that we uh, center around. So let's do a, a recap of last night's Winter is Coming special episode of AEW Dynamite. Uh, before we oh, get winter. into the... Winter came. Winter came yeah. all over our faces. Yes. So let's 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 do that really quick before all we over. go into the match uh, breakdown. Winter is coming. AEW Dynamite. Uh, what what was your lasting impression of the of the episode? Uh, questions. A lot of questions, which is perfect, right? Perfect. Some of the questions I'm not, and we'll get into it. I'm a little leery on one. I'm probably against the mainstream on one of the big questions I have. And other big question I have is very intriguing, but also a tad worrisome. So I am excited, but worried if that, if that's a good Or, or uh, as a great podcast once phrased, uh, you could be positive and patient. I am Exactly that. I am positive but patient because on we'll, two major things, right? Yes. And I'm and sure we will you know get what they this. are without even talking about it because we're yes. great friends, you and I, all right? We are. You are my yeah. only friend. What? Okay. Hey, yeah. so let's kick it off. The first match <laughs> was the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. Now, I'll just be completely transparent right off the top. I don't exactly know what this means. Maybe I missed it in the explanation. Uh, I understand that the final two people uh, were going to compete in a match next week. I believe, and this is where maybe you can help me fill in the details. Does that mean that the person who wins the match next week gets a championship opportunity? I, that's where, or are they just wearing a ring? That. 
they get the remember he got the ring, but I don't think he ever got. Did he get his championship opportunity because of that? In I don't fantasy, believe so. No, like he faced Cody, but it wasn't for a title, right? And no, was, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's just like you're a stud. It's kind of like King of the Ring. Okay, kind of right. right. It's King of the Ring, an AEW version. On this day, okay. you were the stud. On this right. day, you stood atop the mountain. And okay. We do the you know right right just like King Corbin wore the the crown for as right. long as he wants to and until MJF, the next one you know we forgot about that they didn't feature that as a thing somebody could it's a hard prop to carry for a whole year and make storylines out of it is a it's ring hard. that means nothing yeah but somebody could do something with it yeah it's a hard thing to to elevate and make into storylines but I will say. Uh, <coughs> MJF did handle the prop of the ring very well. He would put it on his finger. Wardlow would take it off, things of that nature. So he handled the the diamond ring really well. But let's get into it. So we had a multitude of different wrestlers in here. Matt Hardy, uh, Hangman Adam Page, Matt Seidel, Private Party, Scorpio Sky, Miro, uh, some Dark Order guys, Orange Cassidy, MJF, uh, the, the last two standing was, uh, the I guess, reigning and defending Diamond uh, or the Dynamite Diamond, Diamond Battle Royal stud, MJF, and then everyone's favorite, uh, Orange Cassidy. But there's a lot of stuff that happened in between this match. What did you think of it uh, as we got to the final two? First, before we get into that, I'm going to take the liberties. We need to bring the term stud back a little more, right? We need to refer Diamond to people stud. stud more. Like in your everyday, be like, look at guy over there. He was a stud, right? Just you know what I mean. Everybody gets yeah. is like, yeah, that dude is stud. All right, so just you know, feel free to take that with you, marinate it, right? Like let just let it sleep on it, right? Just you know, like it. figure out okay. a way to just work it in. Everybody listening to me, watching us on the YouTube, just kind of easing that one in. But um, I like that these two are going to have a great match. MJF, Orange Cassidy. Have we? I don't think we've got this yet. Have we? No, I, I am two, not. I have not seen these two wrestle. These each other are two in, in AW that are the. Yeah, these are the two in the AW that are the. I think are really the top tier cream of the crop at telling that in ring story. Where I don't have to give you any of the backstory. We can turn on this match and you can get it. Orange Cassidy's a guy who's super cool. Can't be mm-hmm. bothered. MJF is a colossal prick. And those two are going to work that way in the match. And those two styles are going to work great together. MJF's going to get pissed off. Mm-hmm. He, you know what I mean? And then he's going to, you know, he's going to be fucking pounding him a couple times, but then he's going to get away. It's going to be great. I think that was a perfect choice with two hot names right now. The rest of it was good. I mean, it was full of action. There was cool spots, but it felt like every other battle royal, which, you know, we're coming up well, on the biggest of them. So, yeah. you know. So what I will give this Battle Royal credit for is it told stories within the match. Mm-hmm. So one thing that we got to see is Hangman Adam Page almost get eliminated. Dark Order was there to save him, right? Puts him back into the match. Now, quickly after uh, he was eliminated, but for that moment in time, his ass was saved by the Dark Order, which they're trying to recruit him. So I like that. Also, we saw MJF eliminate by accident accident sammy guevara which later in the episode we see maybe sammy thought that was on purpose uh so i like that there was still stories told here matt seidel was eliminated by sean spears which if you turn back the clock and when matt seidel 
uh, debuted in the Battle Royal, the uh, Casino Battle Royal, he eliminated Sean Spears. So we got the receipt on that. So I did enjoy the the little details that they told while still giving us MJF versus Orange Cassidy next week. So as we mentioned, those are the two that we can uh, expect to see on next week's Dynamite as they compete to be the Dynamite. I, I think Orange MJF, Cassidy. no. I think MJF is going to retain. I think he's going to do the I am the two time. And I think similar to what you said, there's really hard stories to tell with just a diamond ring. So if you can say I'm the two time of this, then you're elevating it to make it more than what it is. Furthermore, Orange Cassidy is going to have an even harder time selling a storyline around that because it's not cool. Yeah, you know the only I mean? thing like, the only thing I could think of is if Orange Cassidy does get the victory and MJF is so insulted that it was Orange Cassidy who has the diamond stud and each week it's almost this comedy act where Orange Cassidy's like I don't know where this, the the ring is and MJF's like how the fuck can this guy lose my ring? Like you he's idiot. Like, oh, and he's just like what? I think I left that it's on I, it's resting on my phone charger back in the locker room. You know, next week when we like, get to Cincinnati, <sighs> yeah, it, he could just say those things like next week when we get to Cincinnati, oh, I, I get that ring catering. Point. It was kind of like I was trying to, I was dipping in fondue. Yeah. Ah, you know? Yeah. You'd be like, fondue? So, There's not fondue with the catering. You're like, you're not the catering you're at. Yeah, <laughs> just a little, so, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it could be something silly like that to where we're going to take this a different angle. But I think to elevate what this battle royal is year after year, I think saying MJF is the two-time winner then makes people say, like, well, fuck that. You're not winning it again. And if I'm thinking of who on the roster is going to carry around a ring Mm -hmm. that says I'm the fucking best, MJF way more comes to mind before Orange Cassidy does. Definitely. So after that, we did get another match. It was... Uh, I believe for the first time ever, and again, we don't fact check here, uh, but it was they Frankie. They said it was. Right. So it was Frankie Kazarian taking on the leader of the inner circle, Chris Jericho. And this had some hijinks to finish it up. Uh, but we did see with the Judas effect, Chris Jericho picking up the victory. Uh, at the end, post-match, Chris Jericho, uh, tired of the infighting, said next week is an ultimatum. Either we figure this shit out or we're done forever. Uh, what say you about the match, and then what do you think about that post-match speech? The match we knew was going to be solid. I mean, Jericho's good at what he does. Kazarian, as we discussed, Fountain of Youth. There's even a YouTube video about it from last week's episode, which you can find on our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. uh, Spanish Announce Tube on the YouTube, SpanishAnnounceTable.net if you need the links. But, uh, you know, I wasn't expecting a barn burner, to borrow a tired cliche, but mm-hmm. uh, I we got a solid match out of that. It, again, it's neat knowing, hey, here's some grizzled veterans who have never found a way in the ring together. Here we go. Here's names that I've loved over the years for various reasons, and here we go. And then the ending, I, that one intrigued me of the like, hey, we're going to figure this out or we're done forever. I don't think we're done forever yet. So, mm-hmm. Okay. But why would they say that, right? So I could be wrong, all right? I'm like, there's no way, but I'm guessing there's a way, right? Because they're saying it, and they don't say things in pro wrestling for no reason, right? So here we go. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, so first off, I thought the match was was really good. Uh, I, I Like you said, I don't think I'm going to re-watch this match and tell my friends you have to watch Kazarian versus Jericho. But again, they didn't embarrass themselves or or do anything or, silly or you tell your friends hey watch this match that guy frankie kazarian he's 75 years old 
Right. Yeah, that would be the only reason I would go back and watch this match uh, uh, off the top of my head. I think that's right, right? We don't fact check, but I think that's I think that's legit. Yeah. Seventy three. I, I, I think ah, you know what? Okay. I'm gonna go with it. That feels right. Yeah, right. that feels right. Shave it off right at 73. You, if yep. you're watching the YouTube video, if you're only listening to the audio podcast, you can't see me shaving it off at 73. But if you're watching the YouTube, you see me shaving it off. You know what I mean? Yes. So post-match, the the, the, the ultimatum. The shears. The, well, you were there a couple weeks ago. Uh, the ultimatum. Yeah. The ultimatum. Uh, I think this is the end of the inner circle. I think... They ran their course. They did the Manitoba melee. They did the stadium stampede match. They've done all of the things that a that a faction can do. And I think what we can do out of this, because they did, they showed AEW that is showed that they can tell nuance better than anyone right now in pro wrestling. With True. the Hangman Adam Page, Facts. Kenny Omega, are they friends? Are they not? Right. So if you do the ultimatum, say this is the end of the end of the inner circle. It comes out that Wardlow and MJF, this was their goal the entire time, was to break up the inner circle. They actually never fucking wanted to be in the inner circle. They always wanted to get in and then tear it down from the inside. Then we can have Chris Jericho say, you rat bastard, how dare you? And then we get MJF, uh, Chris Jericho, but with some real heat. Well, if you notice when he said that, when he was like, either we're fin- or we're done, MJF was like, like he right. kind of half smiled and I was like, yeah, Ooh, that was intriguing. So, right. Like he was like, all right, fuck it. I don't give a shit. Right. And so we can tell that story, uh, with MJF was trying to tear it down this entire time. And then after the feud, right. So Chris Jericho, let's just say, let's, let's fantasy book this real quick. So Chris Jericho comes out on the other end of a feud with MJF where it's not dinners anymore. It's a blood feud. Chris Jericho comes out as the victor. Well, then now he wants to bring back the inner circle, but feelings have been hurt. So maybe Ortiz and Santana don't necessarily want to do round two of the inner circle. And that nuance, like they did with Adam Page and Kenny Omega, we can get a few weeks of Chris Jericho babyface this time saying, let's get the band back together. And the band's like, you know what? I'm kind of great on my uh, solo career. Sammy Guevara says, I'm the TNT champion now. I don't need the inner circle anymore. I think that's where we're going to go with this storyline. Yeah, I kind of want, like... uh I, I like what if Sammy turns on Chris and him and MJF go off and they're teamed up. You know what I mean? Like right. something that we're like, oh shit! Like let's get a Russo swerve on this, right? Like let's. Well, if yeah, if anything from this episode told us anything about the future, yeah, I Russo think so. swerve. Can I? Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 copywriting that Spanish announce table trademark. There Russo you go. swerve. So I think uh, you know from this episode telling us anything moving forward is that anything can happen in AEW. So that wouldn't be a shocker. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's where I, I that's where I think we're going to go with this ultimatum next week. All right. So after this segment and I have the match breakdown on, on my uh, cheat sheet here, but I do not have the backstage segment. So I'm just going to bring yeah. this up now. Uh, backstage, we saw the young bucks being interviewed uh, by Marvez and the acclaim comes out. One of them says, your book sucks. The other one does a John Cena rap. I like that Matt Jackson was like, didn't we do this gimmick already? Yes, that was, okay. So that was the best thing I've heard from the Young Bucks ever. That mm-hmm. line where, because he was just like, didn't somebody else already do this gimmick? Like, that was perfect. Because it was exactly, it was John Cena's pace. Mm-hmm. It was his kind of rhyming stuff. It was great. Anyway. 
Uh, but side note, that was a pretty good burn he had. It was. Looking oh, at each was. other's dicks. All the things. I thought it was a pretty I good loved burn. It. I loved it. it. So I'd seen like the promos of them coming out of dark, having one mm-hmm. matches, and I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. but... Jesus, we're like you mentioned. Jesus, we did this with the one tag team, and then the next, and now here. We, but this one, I'm like, oh, you got my attention. That right, that that right there got my attention. Now it's up to them. Uh, here, here. No. I'm not yeah. this lord of pro wrestling <laughs> fandom, but I do have a podcast. Man, so <laughs> my podcast says it's up to you now. Uh, I they could take fire. If he continues and dropping, you know, if he does Doctor of Thugonomics 2020, I'm here for it. If he's cool with it, right? Right. And if that elevates them, then so be it. Because yes, they have a bloated tag team division that's good, but that can lead to somebody taking the world by storm. Because here's where all the eyes are, right? Definitely. So yeah, the the segment ended with TH2 actually jumping. The Young Bucks and then the Acclaim kind of just shit-talking while TH2 were putting the boots to the Young Bucks. And then they were chased off uh, by Christopher Daniels with the chair and then Kazarian post-match was still with the towel on the back of his neck. Chases uh, the the two teams off. Maybe we get some type of, uh, you know... uh, uh, SCU versus acclaimed next week, or maybe we see that on a yeah. dark. Uh, but yeah, so it was interesting to see two new teams kind of taking it to the Young Bucks. And right now, the Young Bucks kind of feel in flux with nothing really going on. So I'm Here's interested. Here's what happens I think they're both good, like Teach 2 and, and the acclaimed will help each other a little bit because they're like, fuck the Young Bucks, right? And the young- there we go. Tim, are you there? Hey, yeah. All right. So, this will be fun. That. I don't even know if this is like, I don't know. It just crashed, but we're still here. We'll see if all this records. I don't know if we're going to have a fucking podcast this week. We're going to find out. It's all going to be fun, but we're going to keep going. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it I says recording. This... It yeah. says recording. I don't so fucking know. Right. I don't fucking know, but we're going to find out. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, TH2. Yeah. Like you said, I think we're going to get something where the two of them help each other out, but then eventually they'll say, fuck each other. Not literally, but you know, they'll say, we don't well, want you. All this is, this is great. Young bucks are going to put these two teams over. They're both going to look like a million bucks, but young bucks gets a victory over two outstanding teams. They're mm-hmm. still champs, gives them credibility, gets these guys over. That's all this amounts to, right? Definitely. I, I would I would think so. But hey, that's still better than just 50 well, 50 booking good. of FTR versus Young Bucks for the 10th time. So it's good I'm storytelling. Okay right. But if I can be honest, TH2, I'm not, I, I don't understand. Like, I get it. You're potheads, but like. I don't know what they are. What? Like, I think they're cool. Futuristic go, hackers. Hey, man, I'm down, but like. <laughs> I don't yeah they need some they need some fine-tuning with their uh mm-hmm. character development all right after yeah. that segment we got the women's match Britt Baker versus Layla Hirsch the- Layla Hirsch needs to be in team Taz I think it just has to be she is a four foot eleven Taz she's awesome she flips people she suplexes them all team Taz needs a female presence Let's put Layla Hirsch. I've seen it online. I'm now 100% behind it. Put Layla Hirsch and Team Taz. Make her a little assassin where she just throws bitches everywhere. We did see Britt Baker get the victory due to some shenanigans from uh, Rebel or Reba, whatever you want to say. It was a fun match. Again, women's matches are always fine, and then we move on. However, post-match, we did see Thunder Rosa beat up Britt Baker. 
I do like that they gave a little bit of story behind why these two don't like each other, where Britt Baker's like, you're an NWA. You don't belong here. Almost Mean Girls-esque. And Thunder Rosa's like, I'll beat your fucking ass. So I'd like the, now that we have uh, an understanding of why these two girls don't like each other, uh, but post-match and post-segment, I left thinking Layla Hirsch needs to be standing next to Brian cage and they just do mixed tag matches where they just throw every fucking person out of the ring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to any of that. Um, the, the team Taz thing, I, I like it. And I like, because again, it's a bunch of badass dudes going around doing badass things. And like you said, we can add a badass, add the gender terms, in in 2020 as it sounds they're starting to be passe i just want to find like a generic term to mean any person but like here comes you know as you're saying hirsch uh could be cool um i just there's still like the storyline with cody is cool because of the taz cody personal thing but beyond that like team taz could use some better direction of like a purpose like taz is i like the idea of like hey the storyline behind the hey we want this title to be recognized if we're ultimately going to do that if there's a payoff mm-hmm. right the fdw right. title becomes a title but if not there needs to be something right he needs to be chasing the titles and he needs to be the bobby heenan kind of guy or something mm-hmm. but just right now it feels kind of influx it's like yeah but why yeah uh, to me the only thing that's missing on team Taz. And this is not an indictment on the character himself. I think he, uh, as a solo act, shoot him to the moon, but Ricky Starks sticks out like a sore thumb. Cause yeah. you've got powerhouse will Hobbs or powerhouse Hobbs, or whatever powerhouse Hobbs. It's so good. Power- powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs. You got Brian cage. Who's a fucking, you know, action figure. We got Taz. Who's notorious as one of the meanest, dirtiest, grumpiest, bastards uh you know there is and then you got ricky starks who does like the modeling poses and wears the 900 you know loafers and stuff it's like it looks like eh. a new rick the model martel that should be his gimmick the new well, rick well, the model martel right well i think it is i think it is but it just doesn't yeah. mesh with team taz but now, he should go all in he should go in as like i'm a fucking paris model like fucking yeah. just go full bore well, he does the pose, and again, it's it's like, I like him. I think he's awesome. I think he's the yeah. future of AEW top-tier talent going forward into 2021 and beyond. I just don't feel like he fits in with this group. That's what I'm saying. Layla Hirsch fits in with this group. Ricky Starks, in my opinion, doesn't. But let's get into the next segment. Speaking of Team Taz, it was Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks taking on Darby Allen, the TNT champion, and Cody Rhodes. And let's just get to it. Uh, Post-match, we saw the debut in AEW called first here on Spanish announce table of Sting. I called it first. I called it first. I said his merchandise was missing on WWE. He hasn't been mentioned. There's no one talking about him. And now he's liking all of this other pro wrestling stuff that's not WWE. That's the telltale sign that I'm out of here going somewhere else. Where where else better than Cody Rhodes and AEW who are falling in love with him? We got the iconic uh, It's Sting from Tony Schiavone, which made everyone just, you know, cry a happy tear when he said it. Uh, Sting is in AEW. He gave a long stare down to 
uh, Arn Anderson, Dustin Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, and then lastly, and the most longingly look of maybe discontent or admiration towards Darby Allen. What did you think? I think we're getting Sting wrestling again, and I don't want that. Yeah. And whatever. Okay, so we're going to get Sting versus Darby Allen. We're going to get Sting versus Cody. Like That is happening. Sting versus mm-hmm. Cody, if nothing else is happening. A couple things. Look, if Sting is there because he's involved and he's bringing faces to the to the television set and he's a behind-the-scenes dude – Great, amazing, 100%. And so I'm going to forgive a match or two because if that's what Sting wants to do because he's a wrestler and sure, whatever, it's going to happen. If Hogan showed up, he'd want a wrestle match, they'd give it to him, right? Like that's, that's just how it goes. But this isn't what has been exciting about AEW. So I that agree. was a bit of a miss for me. Two, the, the performance of it was a bit of a miss for me. Why did Team Taz just powder out at the sight of Sting? He they they were scared of Sting, well, the 50, 60 year old guy. Like, what? well, I will give them credit because yes, it kind of didn't make sense that Powerhouse Hobbs would be scared of sixty one year old Sting. However, he did have a baseball bat. I will give him a little bit of like the okay. motherfucker had a so, baseball bat. <laughs> so now, I'll say that. If I can also. We keep saying we don't want to shit on WWE each week, but we're going to shit on WWE. Remember when WWE had Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan in the company, and they managed to not do Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair? Now, oh, fast back forward, in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, fast forward to remember when WWE had Undertaker and Sting in the same company and found a way to not fucking do Undertaker and Sting. Mm-hmm. They fucking find a way to shoot themselves in the foot all the time. If Sting only did the one thing in WWE, it would have been a match with Undertaker and he, they would have paid out for himself and they yep. found a way to not do it. Right. I didn't want to see it in the time they did it, but like they still managed to not. AEW has a better shot at realizing the Undertaker-Sting match than WWE ever will, and I don't get it. So here we are with Sting in AEW. I'm positive but patient because I think Sting will catch the eye of the older fan that goes, I keep hearing about this AEW. Now Sting's there. Let me check it out. Sting will move the needle even more than Jericho, and Jericho is, I'm going to say, a top five all-time talent now. So I... Mm, I may do a TikTok about this one, though. I hope we talked do. about Bret Hart not being in the top whatever. I'm not putting Sting in the top whatever either for a myriad of reasons. Sting could have been anybody else, if you ask me. You could have put anybody oh, else in a face paint up in a rafters, and they would have told oh. the same story. You could have no. put Sting in face paint that went, ah, and would have told the same story he ever told. He ever told. Well, he never told a story I gave a shit about. Other than that NWO story, and I don't think he told it. He didn't do shit but go. No. Yeah, oh, you're. Oh, okay. I you're, don't like Sting. Uh, so I don't. And we're going to get t shirt Sting and AEW. And here we go. Cool. It's going to bring the marks, and that's fine. Like, I'm fine with that. But, like, what? I, I may fast forward through a Sting match when it comes to play. 
Okay, so you're wrong on everything. Uh, let's just start with the first step. So I want to see, as a Sting fan, him get a good final match. Because if you know that his okay. last match was that. Yeah. he couldn't com- complete it because of spinal stenosis with Seth yes. Rollins, that is not the way Sting should go out, right? Points. So, I'll give you points for that. Right. If we, so, this was like, what's that ESPN show, Beyond the Horn or whatever? Like, yeah, around the horn. For that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, around the horn. Yeah, you get points for so, that. I do want to see one last match for Sting because I know he can do better than what he did with Seth Rollins. And it wasn't Seth Rollins' fault. It was just the circumstances of the move. It was just the circumstances of the move, right? (laughs) Or it was the old guy taking the move. Right. So I want to see one last match with Sting. That's point one. Point two, I then want him to transition like the other legends in AEW. I'm totally fine with the multi-year contract, but if you do your one match with Darby Allen and then you transition to what Arn Anderson's doing, what Tully Blanchard's doing, not there yet, but I eventually see Matt Hardy doing, where it's, I'm here so that casual 90s fan knows about pro wrestling. You oh, watch no. me, but I'm oh, here no. to show you this person. Tom. That's what I hope he does. Tom. We're going to get broken Matt Hardy versus Sting. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, as a cinematic match, I can definitely see that. I hope not. But again, they're pretty smart. But that may be better. Right. A cinematic match between these two may actually be better than anything Sting does in the ring. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, I hope my hope here is that we see Sting challenge Darby Allen for the TNT championship. It's a good, fine match. And Darby Allen gets the victory. Sting says, I'm now passing the torch to you. You are the 2020 version of Sting. Go on your way. Right? This and is the new guy who get. says nothing and wears face paint. All right, right. Everybody clap for that fucking guy. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Now, you're completely wrong. Side note, before we get back into AEW Dynamite, uh, winter is coming. You're completely wrong. The reason why the Sting storyline was so iconic against the NWO is because he was the backbone of WCW throughout the entire 1990s. Rick sure. Flair loses. But what Arn I'm saying Anderson is. Anderson loses. He was what there I'm saying is with nothing face about, paint. But what I'm saying about is nothing about his personality or his character was anything unique to him. You could have put you in that fucking position and it would have came across better. You could no. have put anybody who could fucking no. act a lick and it would have come yeah. across. The most no. fucking entertaining thing Sting ever did for me was Joker Sting. Fucking deal with that. How oh, you're completely that? wrong. No. Oh. The payoff was there because of the history of the mm-hmm. character. He was the backbone and here he is watching a company that turned his back, sure. turned their back the on him. the fucking guy who was there. Happenstance, right. he was the guy who was there forever, but that could have been well, the fucking no. Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> right, no. Well, yes, I understand what you're saying, where anyone could have yeah. stood. Yes, but mm. you don't get that the reason he stood was because the company he helped be the foundation of turned their back, and then the NWO is killing the thing he loves. It was a man torn apart oh my god it's the greatest story of all yeah. time from war games to starcade 96 to 97 no. it's the greatest story t- line no. of all time the Easy. greatest Easy. wrestling storyline told was awesome man no oh my yep. god no 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 it was fun it was the funnest storyline of all time funnest yeah but it was go back and look and there's so much shit that made no fucking sense and like to your credit where you're like anyone could have done that anyone could have went in and gave stunners to people and then just left hey let me grab your head and sit on my ass and then i'm leaving and drinking beer anyone could have done that 
Anyhow, we'll get back onto that. We'll we'll maybe do uh hey. Rival no, you changed TikTok my mind. Videos. I'm excited for all the stinger You're splashes <laughs> we're going to get. It's going to be fucking great. It's yeah, gonna it is going to be great. We're going to get a coffin drop on Sting, which is going to be the end of his career. So many That's... sharpshooters. I'm so excited. No. Do not do not hear what I just said. We're going to get the coffin drop finish from Darby Allen onto Sting, which then ends the career. That is perfect. Oh, right there. Love it. So to a guy who said he's not going to be doing this in three years. Yeah. I mean, you know, things change. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now, yeah. So now uh, again, I don't have any more backstage segments, but uh, you know, as I mentioned, John Moxley cuts a promo saying he's going to go out there to defend his title. He does the homage to Pat Patterson, which was a great touch. Uh, Oh, before I do move on to the next match, though, we did do a poll and I wanted to share this with you. Uh, I asked on at table show, are you excited to see sting in a W and with 67% of the vote we got? Yes. Ooh. So, I mean, a third of the people here are along my lines of thinking. I see. I mean, that's the wrong way to see you. I see you. (laughs) Yeah. But the two thirds aren't <laughs> no, we just got work to do we got a lot more convincing we got to make them see the light all right so then mm-hmm. let's now get into the main event Look, it he was, was so he was so boring in fact they could just put another dude in the same face paint and you guys thought it was him oh you're you are so insulting you are so insulting you guys thought it was him you turned your back because you thought somebody else was him because he's fucking undistinguishable no, you're the worst. Go walk into the ocean. But before you do, let's finish this podcast. So before the main event. We don't event, even know if this podcast is recorded. Fuck, for it's all recorded. we know. It can, start, it, it can start halfway through for all we know. No, I've got it recording, at least my side. They'll hear one great oh, side yeah. of the conversation. You're, your side recording? Well, I'm Walk recording a, mine. Oh, yeah. Hey, we're fine. We've got backup yeah, audio. We've got Yeah, we're good. We're professionals. Somewhat. Air if floats. you pay us. If you yes. pay us, we're professionals. <laughs> that is the that is the definition. Okay, so before the main event, I asked before or we asked before they lock up who wins the championship match tonight, John Moxley or Kenny Omega. And again, with sixty seven percent of the vote, uh, it went to Kenny Omega, which sixty seven percent of the uh, audience was correct there with their voting. We did see Kenny Those Omega. Those people were right. Right. We did see Kenny Omega become the new AEW champion under some shenanigans. Now, let's just get right to it. First off, the match itself was violent, was very hard hitting. They did this before uh, with their, you know, no holds barred match from a couple uh, pay-per-views ago or a few pay-per-views ago. So we knew that the in-ring match was going to be awesome. And it was. But let's get into what we're really here to talk about. Kenny Omega gets injured. And coming from the commentary booth is the impact vice president, Don Callis, who's a good friend of Kenny Omega through some type of distraction from the ref ends up throwing the microphone to Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega uses this microphone, you know, stabs or punches, however you want to say it. John Moxley in the head that causes bleeding from John Moxley. Kenny Omega then gets the one winged angel. He wins the AEW championship, him and Don Callis celebrate. And then they go and leave as quick as they came. And everyone's pissed. We see Tony Khan jump up and he's mad. We see a long list of, uh, or long line of wrestlers throwing their hands up. And then Marvez gets there and says, Hey, explain yourself. 
and I'm paraphrasing here, but then Don Callis says, Hey, tune in Tuesday and you'll have your answer. And then Marvez responds with, we air on Wednesdays. And he goes, yeah, impact is on Tuesday. So what did you think of all this? And he said, impact is on Tuesday. Kenny and I will explain everything. So that is the key phrase. Kenny Omega is apparently going to show up on impact wrestling with the AEW world title. So now we've seen them interacting with NWA. Mm-hmm. We've seen them interacting with Impact Wrestling. We've Are they buying name these drop- companies? Are we? I don't know. Well, we're we're also hearing name drops of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, I so don't know. here's the thing: AEW did for Impact Wrestling something that Impact Wrestling has not been able to do for Impact Wrestling for half a decade. For Since me. Kurt Angle. And that's make me have to tune in to Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is this about? So let me tell you my, my two cents about this whole segment. Uh, I'm not a fan. I'm yeah, not a fan I, at all. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Right. Okay. Well, so, so I'm positive and patient. I'm positive and patient because uh, they have given me no reason to uh, doubt their storytelling moving forward. Again, one of the best storylines of 2020, in my opinion, planted weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so to me, again, what I was going to say there is, uh, the best storyline of 2020 for me is hangman, Adam page, Kenny Omega, the tag team into the singles careers. So I have no reason to doubt what AEW uh, can do with their storytelling, especially at this level. Here's why I didn't necessarily like it. One, if we're going to tell the story of AEW as we do with WWE title changes, right? The most iconic title changes from Shawn Michaels to Stone Cold, from uh, Triple H or from JBL to John Cena, all of these iconic moments of the title being passed to the new star of the promotion, right? This now is always going to be tied to another promotion that's not yours. Right. We're going to see Chris Jericho getting that first ever victory uh, over Hangman Adam Page. That's the inaugural one. Right. Then we're going to see the amazing match between John Moxley and Chris Jericho. John Moxley becomes champion. And then we're going to get Don Callis, executive vice president of Impact Wrestling, standing there ringside. And in five years, if this relationship goes sour, that's always going to be there. So I don't know if I would have tied the championship change with another promotion. So that's where I'm a little bit apprehensive. Now, two, I am not a fan of go see another person's show. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not the Vince McMahon. We don't say anything about any other company. It's only WWE. Look, I get it. What this feels like to me is a lot like Vince McMahon helping ECW in the late nineties. When we saw Paul Heyman and the ECW guys invade yeah, they're throwing a bone because, hey, coronavirus is hitting everybody hard. Right. We're still making yes. some money. Hey, remember these guys exist is what it feels like. Right. So I'm okay with it, but again, I just don't know if I would have tied such a monumental moment. One of the, your faces of the promotion. He's a goddamn executive vice president of the real legit company to someone else. So that just made me sour. Again, the second point I was going to make there. I'm not going like, I know you said you want to tune into impact wrestling. I don't have the channel, so I can't I'm not going to do it live. I'm going to find the, the clip right. of course, but 
I'm not, I've never thought, I've got to check out that thing that happened on Impact Wrestling in half a decade. That's true. I will give him that. The other thing, though, that I think, I understand from a fan's perspective, oh my God, now think of all the crazy fantasy matchups we can do. We can do the Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks. We can do Ethan Page versus Hangman Adam Page. You know, we can do all these things. But what I think happens when you do that, when you start to open Pandora's box, is then nothing becomes important. Right. The championship yeah. now is on everyone's show. Right. What you do I just care? made a real life SmackDown versus Raw. Like nobody, like. Well, but it, it can be cool if it's a one off. But if you're going to continue this partnership and Hangman Adam Page shows up on uh, Impact Wrestling, well, then. What he does on hey, AEW Dynamite might not be as important as what he does on Impact. So what are we doing with the stories? I like the idea of the reality aspect, like you said, where I, I'm not a fan of, of, hey, go check out so-and-so's show, but we're not denying their existence. Right. This is like boxing. There's a couple organizations. These people exist in this one. These people exist in this one. Hey, well, there may be a little bit of crossover here where two folks meet up and we're friendly folks, so we'll make we'll work business and we're two promoters that know how to get paid working with another promoter. Cool. If that's what this is, okay, I guess. Impact Wrestling is never one I would have chosen. They're weird. We've discussed it. There's a murder. <laughs> AEW is catching fire with the young hip crowd in that like they're new, they haven't They've got young, hip, cool guys who know what young, hip, cool things are. I don't know that Impact Wrestling is that. They're very niche, if you will, right? To in so now the different aspect that you didn't touch on is me as a business. If I'm going to promote another business as I go along, I'm now kind of tied to that business in the public's eye, right? Like, and so they're going to now think of me in the light of this company when they view them. I don't know that AEW should be viewed in the light that Impact Wrestling is. Like, they're just not the same in any way that I can think of. Don Callis is good. Don Callis is good. He's been around for a long time. I'm mm -hmm. sure he's a great resource. Again, if you told me we're absolving Impact Wrestling because Anthem Sports, you know, has realized, hey, this isn't paying off the way we thought it would. Access okay. TV's like, sure, we'll just air the replay of AEW and they make a deal and you guys take impact, whatever, right? Or you, or that's the second show, right? It's now AEW impact, uh, instead of dynamite and they've got a secondary show and it's on access mm -hmm. TV. Okay. I'll feel you there. That's cool. If that's where something like this were to lead, but I don't think that's what we're getting either. I think it's what we said. These guys are friends and they're trying to say, AEW's come in as a, like, we're the, we're the indie scene given a new stage. And so we're going to, like, help show the indie scene as we take this stage. And so they're making good on that conceptual ideology that they had, maybe. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, possibly. But, yeah, where's no, I'm the right. payoff? I'm totally right. Sam, right. Okay, you're right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, all right. I get all it. Right. Yeah, yeah, I get Thanks. it. But what I was going to get that. at is uh, it's big of me. I know. I'm, I'm a very uh, understanding and, and captivating person. Uh, yeah, but what I was going to say it. is... I just don't know the payoff because when does the partnership end? Are we just going to do some arbitrary December 1 of 2021, we're done, or do we just keep blending? And again, when you blend, to me, that dilutes the importance of one show. I, I am tuning in to Dynamite. I love Dynamite. 
if you do a one-off where Kenny Omega shows up on Impact and just comes back and never goes back again, okay, it was that one time, hey, now I saw the North, or now I saw the Motor City Machine Guns back again, I might go back to Impact when I have some time. But my number one priority, me, is Dynamite. I don't want to see stories on Dynamite being told on any other show. I'm too... I don't watch Breaking Bad and they say, hey, Chicago PD helped save one of the guys. And now I'm supposed to go watch Chicago PD to get my storyline payoff on Breaking Bad. Like, that's just not crossover episodes are good in singular events, but not continuation. So go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, well, just that exactly what you're talking about. Okay, so I watch AW Dynamite. I don't know. I don't fact check here on the show. We don't fact check. So I don't know Nielsen and I don't know how DVRs work, but like I know how I work and how a large portion of folks that I've talked to work. I'm not watching this live. I've got a DVR. I use YouTube TV, free plug for them. And I watch it when I've got a moment. I might watch 10 minutes, 15 minutes, fast forward a little bit, watch another chunk, go do the dishes, watch another chunk, right? So if now you're telling me, okay, we're showing up on Impact Wrestling. Well, fuck. Okay, now i got to find Impact Wrestling. Oh, it's not on there. Okay. I know where to get wrestling online, right? Uh, whether, you know, if you were watching the YouTube video, you could see me wink in the camera. Uh, I, know, I know where to get something that maybe I don't pay for a subscription for. Um, so, okay, I'm going to seek that out. But what I am not going to do is what you think I'm going to do and watch the whole fucking show start to end. I'm going to fast forward until I see Kenny Omega in the fucking ring. And that's all <laughs> I'm going to watch. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, why I, are we doing this? Yeah. Uh, I. I like. I will say this to, to to wrap up and kind of put a to a bow on this conversation here. I will say I will give him credit for a shocking moment. If you go back a few weeks ago to Tony Khan saying we're going to shake the pro wrestling world, and we just got Pac, and that Pac is great, but that wasn't necessarily the payoff. Well, I think now he can tell everyone to go royally fuck themselves because this was the payoff. This is pretty monumental from. Uh, from a standpoint of storytelling. Again, I might not agree with it, but it's something I'm going to remember for a while. I just don't know if I would have had a title change with someone again, not in the promotion standing there. When I show the lineage of this belt in 10 years, I don't know if that's going to be as great as everyone thinks it is. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I hope, like what you said, maybe this is a play that AEW is just going to buy impact wrestling. I'm totally okay with that part. Uh, but we shall see. Again, positive and patient. We are AW fans. We do like AW Dynamite more Here's than anything idea. else right now. But we shall Here's see. Here's another it idea. We say, okay, we do this thing. Kenny Omega's over here. He, uh, him and Don Callis are a thing. Don Callis shows up on uh, Kenny. He's Kenny Omega's fucking guy helping him. We constantly mention Impact, but that's the last we've ever get of this. Like he's over here, whatever. We just get Don Callis a little bit. Cool, but what that leads to is maybe a YouTube show, like another like dark where we get that Impact versus AW guys. Okay, if you want to do a little like over the top content promoting other folks, I would way more appreciate that, right? If I'm sitting at home like, oh man, I wish wrestling was on tonight, oh I can pull up AW's YouTube, they're gonna have that Impact versus Dynamite showdown. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like one wrestler from each is gonna wrestle on YouTube for an hour. Great, right? I would love that. I don't like what you're doing here with this. Maybe you have a chance. I'm gonna watch. 
if you do something super fucking badass and cool on impact i'm gonna give you props but right well ooh, it's gonna take something and say this is great it's yeah. gonna take so something it, significant but going back to this episode, I thought it was monumental. Again, Sting with his debut, the title change to Kenny Omega, then Kenny Omega essentially telling the AEW promotion in which he is a exec, executive vice president on. And that's not peeking behind the curtain. They've told us that on the television show uh, is interesting. Uh, you also had uh, some emerging stars. One thing that I, that I hope AEW does keep going with, though, is the doubling down on the future right we had jungle boy in here we had sammy guevara in here we had orange cassidy we had mjf i don't want this to be tna where it's in my main event it's sting and john moxley and chris jericho like those are just wwe guys i know that they've done more john moxley and, and chris jericho but you understand what i'm saying tna did the it's booker t versus scott steiner versus kurt angle and you're like, well, yeah, and that thought where's process the future? Is, yeah, that thought process is, hey, you could watch these guys over here now. And yeah. I get what you think that means. Right. And that would mean something if they were telling, again, meaningful storylines over here. I don't, I don't care who it is. If it's Chris Jericho, cool. If it's Booker T, cool. If it's Sammy Guevara, cool. As long as you're telling me a cool fucking storyline. The odds that you're going to tell me a cool storyline with a Booker T and a Chris Jericho are dwindling that I've seen 500 fucking storylines with these folks. So I would suggest mm -hmm. it's probably not those guys, and it's probably a Sammy Guevara. It's probably a, you know, a, a, what's that group that we just, I forgot their name, the uh, not Top Flight, but the new Top Flight. The Acclaimed. <laughs> the Acclaimed, right? If it's that, cool. It shows you how well that storyline's going. <laughs> um, but... I don't care who it is. I just want the storyline. But when you start telling me the story is that it's Booker T, that it is Chris Jericho, well, you've lost me because who gives a shit? I'm not concerned with the name. I'm concerned with what you're telling me is happening. I like it. All right. So just to recap, uh, we did do another poll on at table show on Twitter. And we said, what grade would you give tonight's AW dynamite? 61% uh, gave it an A. 22% gave it a B, 11% gave it a C, and 6% gave it a D. So overwhelmingly, 61% gave it an A for the show. I think if I were to give that grade, I would say a B. Uh, I think the main event delivered in-ring action, gave a compelling storyline. Obviously, it got us to really get hot and heated here about a conversation of what happens next for AEW and the... Well, I'm talking about the main event, though. The main event gave us a conversation oh, yeah. piece of what happens next. Where will we go? We also have some uh, building blocks for next week. Will the inner circle uh, be disbanded? Who will win the uh, diamond stud uh, ring? Mm -hmm. Sting what was shirt there. Sting wear? Okay, easy, easy. We're going to do TikToks about this. You, you don't <laughs> understand the significance of how great Sting is. You you just, ah, you know. He was the most popular. He was more popular than Hogan at Hogan WWE, like, hype. He was still more popular. Oh, Bret Hart was the fucking Germany's number oh, one. Oh, Bret Hart <laughs> just did some fucking moves. And Bret Hart stole the <laughs> sharpshooter from Sting. I watched. Sting the, is awesome. I watched the dark side of the ring of the Montreal Screwjob this week. Fucking excellent if you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. The the story where Bret Hart just was being a baby and worked himself into a shoot. 
dude, that, that, if you, okay, I, shout out to my block strongest man. We read his email last week, right, of YouTube, mm-hmm. and, and I, I sent him the link. I said, hey, you're famous now. We mentioned you on the show, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I said, we answered your question. Kind of, kind of not, uh, you know, and he, he responded in an email. He said, it was like saying the words Bret Hart was equivalent to cursing it, you guys. Uh, and then he's right. Um, and, and here's the thing. If you don't understand what we mean by Bret Hart thinks of himself in ways that nobody else thinks of himself, watch the dark side of the ring of the Montreal Screwjob and listen to every time Bret Hart goes to mention something, he works in a compliment for himself before he continues the conversation. He'll be like, well, I take great pride that... Uh, uh, I consider myself a world champion because I, I, I traveled around the world defending that championship. Anyway, so we, we, we were saying, right? Like, it was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, uh, the main key point that I like taking away from that show was both Russo and Cornette hate each other. Oh, yeah. To the point hate that, like, each other. That, that Cornette says he's going to piss on his grave, which he will. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do, do not doubt. If Russo dies first, he's going to do that. I kind of want that to happen because I want to see the video. Uh, and, two, they both claim that they created the idea, and neither one of them probably did. So this is fucking – I Pat agree Patterson. with Scott Hall, by the way, that this is a 100% work. No. Uh, no from the beginning. No. Yep. No. Bret, Bret Hart I don't think it was a 100% work. I think everything leading up to the final thing and Vince going, hey, look, what about this idea? And Bret going, fuck it now. Right? No. No. No, Bret Hart's too dumb to keep this gimmick. No, you know what? You know what? It just hit me. Because the whole point Bret Hart's been trying to make is, fuck you, you're not going to make a fool of me. And he still looks like a fool in that setting. So you're right. Yep, never mind. Yeah, no. It it The the story that the company gives us is probably the real story. And this is the weird case that that's true. Right. Uh, Bret Hart. And here's the thing. One thing I will say about Bret Hart. Bret Hart is an amazing in-ring wrestler. So he is accurate when he says he was really good, but that's like a sore winner. No one likes a sore winner. I know you use the term amazing as as a generic adjective there, but I don't think he amazed me ever. Oh, there were some matches he did. Oh, come on. SummerSlam with Mr. Perfect, uh, the um, the obviously the Iron Man match with Shawn Michaels. The Iron now, Man can... match is the only one that ever really comes to mind. I forgot the Mr. Perfect oh. match oh, and his brother's match. That one comes Wrestle- to mind too. Yeah, WrestleMania 10, Owen Hart. Okay. WrestleMania 13 right. with Stone Cold Steve Austin. The SummerSlam match with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, his SummerSlam match with British the Bulldog uh, with you know Davy Boy Smith. True. No, he has yeah, okay. some amazing matches. All right, but more again, points for you around the horn points. All right, yeah, okay. But again. The, the, the thing that's off-putting about him is he's a sore winner. No one likes when it's like, hey, you won first place. And they're like, fuck yeah. And everyone else no, is obviously was second. Small. I can't even. Blech. I wish I would have written down. But every time they cut to, to Bret Hart in this documentary about something, he finds a way to make it sound real quick as a drive-by. It was like, well, of course. I mean, we knew that I have the biggest dick in the room. And once that was settled, then we started talking about, you know, the match, right? Like, it was always a little thing. Like, it was always to set himself up as, like, well, I'm the greatest, and I can never do no wrong. So, clearly, when they said this, uh, 
how could you wrong the greatest man that ever fucking lived? Like, Jesus Christ, Bret Hart thinks Bret Hart's shit does not stink. When when that's a if you've ever heard that phrase, right? Like you think your shit mm-hmm. don't stink. Bret Hart is the equivalency of that phrase. So if I can ever epitomize, like if somebody needs to know what we mean, just watch that documentary and listen to him talk, and you'll understand what I mean. Definitely. All right. So that so was AW. <laughs> yeah, AW Dynamite, the debut of Sting, yeah. the new champion, and Kenny Omega, uh, and some other building blocks for a very exciting episode of Dynamite next week. Uh, so now let's transition uh, to the world of WWE. Uh, this weekend we have a takeover. It's War Games. War, war Games. Games. This War might Games, be, as William Regal says. Yeah. War Games. And this might be. So hear me out on this one too. War Games is awesome. I love that NXT brought War Games back, and we've been saying. Hey, War Games back is cool, but it feels like you're just finding ways to pair up four random people against Undisputed Era, which you're right. War Games forces you into a booking scenario where you have to get four on four, right? It's the same reason Survivor Series can be stale. So you have to fit that mold. That said, they they did that exact thing we're kind of complaining about and probably produced the war games I'm most looking forward to. I'll tell you this. So far that they've brought back war games, my takeaway is why don't we just call this Undisputed Era versus the World? Because in yeah. each match, it's the Undisputed Era versus four other people. Yeah. And again, that fits here. You have a four man group who's a main well, But what I'm saying is they've been the main event of the three. <laughs> Yeah, war games matches had they not existed when they decided to bring war games back i think they decided to bring war games back because this four-man group existed yeah and they thought which oh, well, shows you the one-off. power it hit so well they did another one it hit so well now we have a yearly deal so right. now is the issue we've discussed but like i said that said i'm looking forward to this one more than i've been looking forward to anyone and i think in large part that's pat mcafee that's pete mm-hmm. dunn as we've said mm-hmm. that is the idea pete that dunn. That we're probably done with Undisputed Era after this? We shall Maybe? see. So let's get into our picks. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, let's get into that. So uh, as you mentioned, uh, we do have a War Games pay-per-view on a Sunday, not a Saturday. Uh, That's Sunday. one thing uh, One thing to, to mention here. We, we have it taking place not, not on traditionally on your Saturdays. It's on a Sunday night. So in a singles match, uh, I'm reading this off of eWrestlingNews.com, so I don't know the exact order. Uh, but we will get through what I see here. Uh, in the first match listed, we have Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa. Who do you got? This is a tough one for me because you always see the aspect of like a guy like Ciampa is going to want to put over a new talent, right? If we're if we're doing the peek behind the curtain thing, that's mm-hmm. always at play. I feel like this is a great spot storytelling wise for Ciampa to ultimately put over thatcher by beating him this time and sending thatcher into a like a what the i'm gonna eat this guy alive and we continue this on so i'm gonna say thatcher loses this one to chompa in almost in a way where thatcher gets a little bit embarrassed right he gets caught in a hole that he's got a tap to yeah and he's like no 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 Oh, hell no. And we continue this feud down the road. And I'm here for it. I mean, these two going at it for a little while is good television. These guys are brutal. 
Yeah, I think Tommaso Ciampa wins. I think this is going to be a little bit of the allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ciampa, one of those Don't kind of matches. Don't call back. Yeah. Uh, I think, to your point, Timothy Thatcher then needs to take the second iteration of what this character is instead of just beating up on NXT trainees. It's going to be the next version of I'm a fucking badass, check me out. Uh, and I think to not foreshadow too much uh, moving ahead, but I think this is a good way, assuming that this is the structure of the card, uh, this is a good way to get the crowd excited and happy as we go into the other matches. So I agree with you. I've got Tommaso Ciampa. Next up uh, in a strap match, we've got this feud continuing. Cameron Grimes versus Dexter Loomis. Tim, who do you have? I think, Dexter Loomis. I think they're still high on this Loomis character for a while. I think this is a good victory over a, a name, and it, it's not a, a loss that would hurt Grimes, if you will. If, if I'm sitting in the creative room again, peeking behind the curtain, but we do tell from a storytelling perspective, and if I'm making picks and I were to put money on it, I've got to look at that peek behind the curtain aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And I just think from the tor- storytelling perspective, this is the easiest way to go is Loomis wins this because he's psycho and ultimately you can't escape the psycho when you're strapped to him and he wins Grimes puts up a good fight making him look like a scrappy little bastard but he's still a little bastard and he loses yeah I think this is going to be interesting because it's another gimmick match you know, if you go back, we had that, that I believe it was called House of Horrors match or whatever it was, where it was a cinematic match in a haunted house. And I don't know exactly what happened there, but it happened, you know, and we moved on. Uh, I can see this being the end of the feud and Dexter Loomis, like to your point, just putting his stamp down on this and then moving on and saying, we are done. I am now going after the T or not TNT championship, but the North American championship or maybe the heavyweight championship, something like that. Uh, but I don't know. Cause then where does Cameron Grimes go? He needs to be yeah. the zany guy that has a little bit of credibility. I think in a strap match, he can get the victory by shenanigans. So I'm going to go Cameron Grimes. He can choke where a guy out. Or he, or he does the thing where he just runs around uh, Dexter the, Loomis to get his feet. Yeah, and then he's held he up the high. Kinsey, he gives him the scrote strap, right? A little whap, real quick. Something like that. Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Scrote spank. Uh, little scrote spank. I think that's the name I of the I think episode. that's an episode title. Scrote spank. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the next match. Uh, for the NXT North American Championship, it's a triple threat match. Champion Leon Ruff taking on former champions Damian Priest and then also Johnny Gargano. Uh, one thing that was uh, of note from the past NXT episode is Johnny Gargano was on commentary and behind him was not one man in a mask or woman. It was two people in scream mask so i wonder if that has something to play here but tim what say you on the victory only because of that i'm gonna give gargano the win here because i it was a coin flip for me that one of the two between priest and gargano was gonna win this i think the leon rough train i think they were like hey great little publicity for this guy but look we're not building storylines around this guy we're gonna give it back to one of the guys this was a little sidebar because we like this guy you know it worked um so i was up in the air on which one and i think because of that i think Gargano's going a new way and we're gonna get a weird storyline here out of this 
and thereby I think Gargano wins because of you know these weird scream mass dudes. We get some kind of weird Gargano, 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 whatever. Right? We're gonna Johnny. get some kind of Johnny wrestling. Johnny wrestling. We're gonna get some kind of weird thing now. He's constantly evolving, constantly updating, and I think this is his new way. So I think he wins. All right. I like that explanation. A side I'm, note, the, he could get those folks involved and everything gets disqualified and Leon Ruff is still the champ, right? But like, I think Gargano's the main focus, and I think he, I'm going to put it on the board if we were betting Gargano wins. I'm going to say Damian Priest. I think the, the side detour of Leon Ruff, to your point, is, hey, that was cool. Now we've got an established star. Let's have him go with Cameron Grimes or Dexter Loomis. Now we have another star that we can build other stories around. We don't necessarily need to him to be the champion. Damian Priest, I do, I do feel, needs to be a champion, though. I agree. I kind of feel like he, he gets a little bit lost in the shuffle as cool w- guy with an awesome voice. What else do you want to see me do, ladies? It's like... He something does got an awesome voice. He does. I'm a we little jealous. Him, friend and of the I've show. got an awesome voice. He's, you yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think Damian Priest, I do agree to your point. Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling uh, as a nickname, will get those two masked figures involved in, in the match. Uh, but I think Damian Priest prevails, and then we get Johnny and crew going after Damian Priest, and then Leon Ruff maybe goes with Cameron Grimes or goes 205 Live. He could go for the 205 Live title. He is 98 pounds, so that could happen. Uh, But, yeah, I got Damian Priest. All right, next up in our first War Games match, we have Team Candice, which is Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, Tony Storm, and Indy Hartwell taking on Team Shotzi of Ember Moon, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, and Shotzi Blackheart. Tim, what say you? Uh, I think the faces win this somehow because I just think they're they're this is all a big promotion to try to get them over, if you will. I mean, I think all the heel teams are all, all the players are established, right? There's no story that we're needing to tell to get any of those folks over, right? Candice LeRae, the Tony Storm. That's an interesting heel turn there, if you will. Um, but I, I think the faces come away with this with Shotzi as the shining star. Oh, you think Shotzi's going to be the mm-hmm. shining star? I yep. think they're going to – I agree with you. I think it's Team Shotzi. I think it's interesting that the champion is on a team that's not named after her, right? Typically when back in the day – you know, it was Team DX, even though the Hardys and, and CM Punk were also on the team, you know, things like that. Um, I think Io Shirai will be the one that says, remember me, ladies and gentlemen, I'm the fucking champ. I went through all these bitches. I don't give a fuck about Shotzi. I don't give a fuck about Tony. Candice, I've already beat a million times. Like, I'm the fucking champion. We're going to remember the name of Io Shirai. So I think this is a... Not necessarily a coming out party, but them. a reestablishment. Yeah, a reestablishment of Io Shirai. Yeah, I think they're both standing tall, right? Like those two, Shotzi and Io, and then then we get a face v face kind mm-hmm. of. Well, now we got to do this. Now another thing of note uh, to mention from NXT's past episode, the Go Home Show, leading into this pay per view, Shotzi Blackheart was working on some type of something we didn't get the reveal of what that was we most likely will get it at the pay-per-view but you saw Rhea Ripley and Ember Moon 
give her some type of we've got the you know golden ticket for lack of a better term and again i'm paraphrasing because obviously they didn't say that but we saw something that Shotzi was working on so mm-hmm. yeah i i think maybe i agree with uh you and i think i will say we do get a Shotzi eo shirai weren't we the two baddest bitches well no i'm the baddest bitch well let's stare off and see who that is we'll lead that into the next pay-per-view all right now as we go on we get into the main event it is the undisputed era taking on pat mcafee pete dunn oni lorkin and danny birch oh i tell you what again another war games match with the main event being the undisputed era tim who wins the main event of the 2020 War Games match? I'm going to say the Pat McAfee group finds a way to win this. And mm-hmm. I think maybe McAfee and Pete Dunn stand tall. Uh, I think the other guys lose somehow the Undisputed Era, and that leads to their dissension and eventual kind of splitting apart. Adam Cole maybe goes up you know, to the main rosters, mm-hmm. maybe even a Kyle O'Reilly. Um you know what I mean? And and we kind of move on and turn into that new era out of the undisputed era. But I definitely think we're going to get Pat McAfee and possibly Pete Dunne just because they're high on Pete Dunne, and that's very clear. I think um, you're high on Pete Dunne. I'm high on Pete Dunne. But, <laughs> look, they gave that guy a, what, several fucking hundred day title reign, and now mm-hmm. they're focusing him in on one of the moan, or biggest spotlights they've got. So I think those two specifically look good. Maybe it's just Pat McAfee in the end, but that's going to lead him to his next feud eventually when he shows up for some random reason because he can just be talking shit and somebody, you know what I mean, chimes in. But, like, the Undisputed Era can move on, break apart, and do their things from here on out. And I think Kyle O'Reilly's going to get a push after this. So I agree with 98% of what you said there. Mm. I do think it's going to be Pat McAfee's group that gets the the victory. I think this is the swan song for the Undisputed Era. I think this is where we do see the coming out party of Kyle Riley. Oh my God, did you see the crazy, insane move that he did? I'm a big fan of Kyle Riley. Let's see more of him. Maybe Adam Cole does go to SmackDown. Maybe goes to Raw, something of that sort. Or maybe he just gets a you know, few weeks of rest or a few months of rest and comes back as something else down the road in NXT. I think though, what will happen here is Pete Dunn, who I will say of the four, uh, the, the tag team will be the tag team and they'll take all the big bumps to make the undisputed era look cool, but they're not really going to do of anything of note. I do think it comes down to Pete Dunn, maybe doing, you know, uh, whatever this insane finisher is off the top of the cage or, or through the cage or whatever it is, right? Whatever they've imagined as this amazing spot, Pete Dunn will do it to a um, uh, uh, Roderick Strong, for example. And he will say like, yeah, I'm like Pete Dunn will come out of that move going like, I'm the fucking man, right? And Pat McAfee will push him to the side, cover Roderick Strong, get the one, two, three, powder out of the ring, run away, ain't I the best, ain't I the best, ain't I the best, and then Pete Dunne is the fucking man, and now he's pissed off, and then in a couple months, whenever we want, Pat McAfee comes back, Pete Dunne goes, I haven't forgot, motherfucker. And that's going to be amazing. God damn it. Tom. That's what I hope happens. Host of the night. Host of the night award goes to Tom. Everybody clap for Tom. 
Tom's Everyone put in agrees. A lot of great Sting service and work great. for this organization for seven years. Uh, yep, we're Sting proud to have Tom great. part of this, uh, part of our team. Tom, appreciate you and everything you do, Tom. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, Tom. that's a great idea, and I, I co-sign. Put me down. Sign me up if there's a if there's a uh, petition for this. I'm putting my signature on it right here. You can right there. There you go. Yeah. Speaking of writing to the Spanish announce table, Tim, I believe we have an email. We do. Yes. Let's jump into the listener into uh, group. You can you can join in on the conversation. Use hashtag tweet the table while you're watching Twitter. If there's any good ones, we'll read them right here on the show each and every week. Uh, you can also uh, send us a email at tableshow at gmail.com. And we got a late email, barely making the cutoff. Came in while we were recording the show. Recording this maybe the second time. I don't know. We had a little bit of a tech issue. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but we're professionals. And we got an Our email, and it's from John Batten. Hashtag be like John Batten and email the show, tableshow at gmail.com. You like that callback? All right. Yeah. <laughs> he says, why does Don West need to be Kenny Omega's impact hype man? Well, I tell you why. I tell you why because Kitty Omega is the cleaner, and if anything wants to be cleaned, it's Kitty Omega. Speaking of cleaning products, we've got cleaning products two for one special. You need a Mister Clean? Got you right here. You need a loofah? Got you right here. I tell you what, Don West as the spokesperson for Kitty Omega. There's nothing more that Don West loves than cleaning shit. Uh, as I stated, uh, Don Callis is good, but Don West would have been better. He's the better Don. Way better! Of yeah. the TNA Impact Dons. I mean, yeah. you could have went with Don Harris, and you might have done it. <laughs> so, like, Don West would have been so better as Kenny Omega's, you know, well, and just, like, oh my yeah. God, he's got a, he's, he's hurt. He's hurt. <laughs> well, and just think of the, the promos, because again, AEW is just a pro wrestling uh, t-shirt company of all the amazing deals that Don West could tell you about the Kenny Omega shirts. I tell you what, you want a Christmas gift? Here's a two for one beanie and hat and t-shirt deal that Kenny Omega, it's a cleaning product and a t-shirt. Can't you believe it? It's the the best thing in the world clean <laughs> i love it this is why we have the emails you should email the show table show at gmail.com you should use twitter hashtag tweet the table uh, i am it, disappointed though i will tell you this be like john batten john batten i'm disappointed uh i thought you'd ask me about uh joey janela's uh sunglasses what yeah, the hell happened it's true you know where's what your sunglasses where's your sunglasses uh what a week tom this was fun uh, i enjoyed meeting with you here again uh coming into the pit with me here and having a, a good conversation uh rest in peace pat patterson the spanish announce table